Welcome to this week's episode of Talking Tolkien. This week we're going to be reading over chapters 13 and 14 where we see the death of Feanor and the, finally the um, kind of a description of the geography of Middle-earth. It is really confusing, but we're going to get through this together. Enjoy. Well, that's the thing about like describing geography versus drawing it, which is why there are maps in these in, books. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, let me, Tolkien created those maps because he's like, yeah. And let me say, having written not one but two, like archaeo historical archaeo is that is that appropriate terminology archaeo yeah it's oh, a, i mean it's, yep. a, it's a prefix okay anyway having written not one but two archaeo historical architectural theses yeah try saying that five times fast yeah uh verbal description of like place is really really it's difficult difficult to do and yeah there's really no great way to do I, I, it <laughs> i have to be honest the second chapter the first chapter was awesome yeah the second chapter bordered on nine mind numbing well, well yeah. <laughs> well, so like originally, and apologize to the listeners for the two week delay. Uh, two weeks ago, Katie and I were road tripping together, and that was fun. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as soon as I got back, I got a cold that ended up in bronchitis, as you can kind of hear in the leftovers of my voice. So we are. Leftovers. Yes. <laughs> so we are running on like a two week old reading of these chapters yeah. with a quick spruce up this morning. <laughs> so when I like reread. Chapter thir- or chapter fourteen this morning. I was like, oh yeah, no chapter thirteen. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, and then chapter fourteen, I reread like five minutes ago and glanced over the entire thing because it's just geography. Well, also there was a lot of snow in this area yeah. between those times. That was really hard. We were part of the ninety percent of the United States that, that was, was under snow and also under clouds for like yes. several days. I roasted a chicken. Granted, we weren't. Okay, I don't want to hear what you do for a long time. That's right. Interesting. I like to look at people in the eye while I stuff it. Chase is oh. going to have a... Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful we're not Boston with our 100 inches of snow since the year began. That yeah. is unfathomable. Wow, yeah. 100? And, and as we're recording, like, PAX East is going on right now, and I went last year, and I could not imagine, like, that many people yep. like trying to get around Boston with that much snow who have never been to that city before. Thinking about you, Boston. <laughs> Today's weather is pretty awesome, 60-something degrees. Yeah, and, and since we're still talking about the weather, when Katie and I were driving on, like, the last leg for, like, between Albuquerque we and Santa like Fe. We were, like, 70 miles from And the Santa snow Fe. starts pelting down. Yeah. So not just speaking about the geography of Middle Earth, but also the but, geography yeah. of America. Which yes. we were, yeah. saw Rocky Mountains. We were, see see those two mountain passes there on the on the uh, western, western side? Western, okay, the western, western, western side. Undying lands? Yeah, yes. that's, uh, so imagine us going, like, in between that mountain pass and just getting snow dumped on us. Yes. That's what happened. Okay. <laughs> so we'll move on to geography last, I guess. We'll, we'll, yeah, we geography. Got, we got, we're, we're, we got story yeah, stuff we got to, to come up a first. lot of stuff that happened. Yeah. chapters did we read again? 13 well, and 14. 13 so 14. Remember last time, a very, very long time ago. Whoop, 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 whoop. We had whoop, 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 whoop. Okay. Uh, the, you know, the last thing that had happened was we had talked about the sun and the moon being yes. created and being hung in, in the earth and given, like, guides so that, you know... It, and, it would make sense. And, uh, <laughs> and like some of the Noldor had reached Middle Earth, and mm-hmm. some were in the Helcaraxi, and the ships mm-hmm. were burnt, and men came and up. Then, and then, yeah, men woke up, and Chase got really happy about that. Yes, that was that was <laughs> exciting. <laughs> men showing up was very exciting, and we had those awesome descriptions of death. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, we had you know previously we'd been dealing a lot with the Noldor and um, their their journey, and including. All of Feanor's. Well, that was like a that was like a like, tease almost because yeah. we got to see part, part one, right? Of of whatever Feanor is going through, and this week we got to see part two of that, mm-hmm. which was uh, pretty intense. I was about to I was about to say I'm about to spoil it, but yeah. no, I'm not spoiling it. The death of Feanor, right? Yes. Which it, which was. Spectacularly described, and when we get there, we'll have to. But it's also like well wow. on it. it. But it's also like entirely kind of anticlimactic, and like you're right, like, oh, yeah. that's how Feanor dies. You're like, oh yeah, but but we. I feel like we've been having so much. Well, you know, Feanor got what was coming to him. Yes, he's, um, he may be a Teddy Roosevelt in the sheets, but he's not a Teddy Roosevelt in the streets. <laughs> I love you, Tr. Teddy, okay. Because <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt was a legendary badass. Yeah. Like, no, oh, no, he, no, he just, no, yeah. He would just walk around the White House, like, punching people. <laughs> that was his domestic agenda. <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, I'm pretty sure there were lions in the White House while TR was in office, which is also kind of cool. He no, ate he, the sheep on the on the no, front lawn. <laughs> no, his his great African safari was afterwards. Oh, that's right. I should know so because yeah. I cataloged and then Chase sold a first edition volume of his like photographs. Oh, that's awesome. And you know what his son's name was? Is Kermit Kermit Roosevelt? Of course, it was. Poor kid. But regardless, yes. So <laughs> back to Feanor. Yes. Um. So yeah. The, Again, the elves have decided they're going to go to they're going to stay in Middle Earth, um, because again they they they're yes. drawn to its beauty and its openness and everything and and kind of the possibilities and also the the possibility of having their own land to have a sort of a, a kingdom. Yes, um, place where they can call their own. Yeah, away from the. Uh, sort of the Valar control doing of the Valar, right? We, we built this to yeah. channel the 2012 We built election. this city. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yes, so they get there, and Mel- Morgoth at this point does not actually know that they have come, right? And so he's just like kind of shocked and like angry. He's like, "Oh God, my number one enemy, who is no longer any of the Valar, but is now Feanor." He's like, "My number one enemy is like next door." Yeah, and he did not call CPS. <laughs> and this is also this is not just any part of Lynn. This is after the Helicraxe, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this is actually uh, Morgoth's weird kingdom fortress thing that he has up in the mountains well there so the you mean Angband? Angband. Angband, yes that, that's what i meant <laughs> <Angbond. Angyang>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah they uh feanor and his peeps here's uh, some money go see a ring war <laughs> <laughs> feanor and his peeps kind of make camp near this lake called mithrin Oh, that map is really helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, uh, again, to, to anyone out there who is new to Tolkien, and we'll talk about this a little later, it's very handy-dandy to have a map when reading. Um, I thought I found a good one. These kind of, this kind of stuff, yeah. Um, no, is, is not Mithrim the Grey Lake around which the Sundar began? No, that was, uh, um, 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 quick, starts with the, with the C. Which I I can't remember. Uh, no, I actually forty percent of vocabulary in Tolkien starts with the C. I know. Uh, um, I was about to say something started with the Q. I mean, is it Quivinian or something? Oh, Quivinian. 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 Yeah, Meath does mean gray. They're completely. Uh, no, yeah. but I thought they were called the Gray Elves because they were found by the Gray Lake, or was it just because they were in like that eternal twilight of the trees? It may have been that they actually like the lights come on and the sun is in the sky and they're oh they're green. Well, oh. I think I think in true like Tolkienian fashion, they had like like five different alternative hypotheses for why this name came about. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yes. Um. So yeah, the uh, they 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 have made their camp there, and you know, no sooner does this happen that we have you know some of Morgoth's homies uh, come down through the mountains and. Pretty much attack them. Just a mess of Bolt Balrog. Morgoth's homies sounds like the hyper nerd equivalent of the Wu Tang. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. Morgoth's homies. Yeah. Um, I apologize for my terminology. Of of Balrogs. (laughs) What is it? What is the collective noun for For, for Balrogs? Balrogs. Uh, um, A bellyache of Balrogs. No, it's be fire related. (laughs) A bumpkin. A bumpkin. (laughs) No, a firework tent of Balrogs. But it needs to have a B. It needs to be a B though. A. I I don't know why it just does. A blast furnace of Balrogs. A blast furnace of Balrogs. A boom of Balrogs. A boom of Balrogs. Okay. Uh, Either way, they're nasty. Um, so, yeah, so the, you know, Morgoth's, Morgoth's little army <laughs> comes down and, and attacks, and this is the second battle in the Wars of Beleriand, which we had, uh, the first one, you know, uh, the elves and the men had teamed up together, and we were talking about how great it was that the elves and the men were, um, you know, very old allies, um, and so now we're moving on to our second battle in the Wars of Beleriand. And this was, I, I like the name of this battle. It's called Dagor Nuin Gileath, Battle Under Stars, oh. Before the Rising of the Moon. Okay, so Mithrim, the name of a great lake in the east of Heathloom, and also of the region about it and of the mountains of the west, separating Mithrim from Dor Lumin. The name was originally that of the Sindarin elves who dwelt there. So while I was yes. wrong in that they were named there, I was right in that it's a Sindarin name. Yes. So I, I also like the uh, kind of, we still have this. Um, uh, impression of the strength of these elves because again they had come from they had been in in like in the Undying Land 
Um, so they were still very, very strong. And I, yeah. I, I kind of love that. And it says, so the, the Noldor won this battle, even though uh, they were far outnumbered. Um, well, and I'm, I'm kind of wishing that they were... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wishing that there was cor- more, like, minute detail, which is one of the few times I'll ever ask that of Tolkien. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because normally we're not lacking minute detail. Because no. it's not really, like, explicitly stated how does one fight a Balrog. You know, like, mm-hmm. what yeah, weapons but- do you use? How do they... Like, how are they expecting to defeat Morgoth once they get to him? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I assume that they would have, like... You know, machinery of war and plans for this, but it's not really touched upon. Well, remember that they had had oh, these weapons that Morgoth was previously unaware that they even had true, weaponry, yes. and uh, they, you know, the the dwarves had helped to, you know, hew these great swords and spears and whatnot. So, so the, this is their Pearl Harbor, kind of, yeah, their Silmaril Harbor, so, Silmaril Harbor. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I should. You know, that, that, well, that's not a pr- that's not a that's not too that's far not a, off. That's yeah, not that a bad actually, analogy, really. At first, I was going to go. Mm. I don't, I don't know, but now, I <laughs> but can now see that you think of it, yeah. Um, but the, I, I like I like how uh, the Tolkien's wording here. Um, about the reason why the Noldor actually could still win this battle because the light of Amon was not yet dimmed in their eyes, and they were strong and swift and deadly in anger, and their swords were long and terrible. I, I like I like that they're deadly in anger. Yes. <laughs> so then, now was this the fight that Feanor was wounded in? Because Feanor is shortly yeah. well, visited after. Was it fighting a Balrog? Yeah, Feanor. So this this battle is going on, and Feanor is kind of like you, you know, yeah, go team, woohoo. Um, that exactly, and, <laughs> exactly. But no, with pom poms you know, and everything. Remember he he's like he's like laughing and you know celebrating this victory because again he's the great Feanor and you know, so he's, he's like Slim Pickens and he's very and um, Doctor Strange Love. Yeah, <laughs> Slim Pickens and Doctor Strange Love. Yes. Uh, but you know, Feanor is the mighty Feanor, and 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 he's the strongest and the mightiest, and he can totally defeat Morgoth, right? That's what he believes in his fiery heart. Um, but w- with this kind of hubris, it takes him a little bit too far away from the rest of his army, and yeah, this is where he gets. <laughs> and then it's like wounded. man versus Balrog, and then it's yeah, man versus Balrog, and when you're even though you're Feanor the mighty, when you're Fighting against what, your your fiery spirit is yeah. nothing against it being a pure fire. Yeah, your fiery spirit unfortunately cannot quite take on a fire demon by no. itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fighting fire with fire. Yeah, need at least uh, respawn twice for that to happen. So Feanor dies. Well, no, Feanor is, is wounded, wounded, wounded. Yeah. and retreats. They pick, they pick him up and they take mm-hmm. him off, yes. and he starts like. It almost felt like it's like he knew it was the end. I was even reading it going like, yeah, it pretty much thinks this is the end, right? And then right. He, he, like, the last things he does, like, he, I'm trying to remember exactly, he, did he, like, bless each of his sons in some way? He, he made well, them, like, like re-up their oath. Yeah. Re-up their oath, that's right. Yeah. And he cursed Morgoth again. Oh, yeah, that was like, the last thing three, he did. Three times. Mm-hmm. He cursed him three times. Cursed him thrice. Last thing he did. Mm-hmm. And then... He died. Curse ya, curse ya, curse ya. Then he <laughs> died. That's the worst <laughs> cup of coffee <laughs> in Persia. And then, then he dies after that, after doing all that, mm-hmm. dies. And then, like, the anger or something deep it's, inside of him was so powerful, he just became ash. Just, yes. like, burnt, yeah. His fiery soul rendered him to ash. Which, that is crazy. He's basically Voldemort in the end of Harry Potter oh. movie 8. Yeah, yeah. And that, like, I don't actually like that visual depiction of the death of Voldemort. Yeah, no. Weird, and, like, that's kind of what is happening here. I wanted him to explode spectacularly, and, like, which is like, what... Like, guts, like, hit Neville in the face. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but... What are we talking about? Are we talking about Fagor or are we talking about Voldemort? No, we're talking about Voldemort. Okay. <laughs> Okay. But, yes, Neville. I have inserted Neville into the yeah. The, the Neville Longbottom was there with the soul, the sword of Gryffindor, and apparently <laughs> got covered in entrails. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, yes. Uh, so then, Madros, Feanor's like primo son, kind of steps into Feanor's shoes, and um, this is the first one we really got to hang out with him. Yes. Yeah, because like, yeah. and I really liked well, him. He was gold. Are you making a joke about what happens to him? Hey, hey, yeah. Out with so him. yes, I. Am. Hey. So, so Morgoth is like. I'm proud of you, Chase. <laughs> so Morgoth is like, oh, the oldest son of my now dead opponent. I, I, I shall teach a message. Mm-hmm. So Morgoth manages to capture uh, Madros and hangs him off the like the cliff of the mm-hmm. tallest mountain by his right hand. And because elves are naturally immortal, like he just 
It's kind of Prometheus. Hey guys, but there was what this, up? <laughs> there was this kind of trickery going on before that, though. Because that remember, was great. Because, yeah. yeah, Morgoth was like, hey, hey guys, let's go and pretend that we're going to make a treaty with them and even tell them we'll give them one of the Silmarils. And that way, oh, they'll so you know right. they'll they'll think that we're really gonna you know make a treaty with them. Madros was like, "Hey guys, Morgoth like, said this," and everyone's <laughs> like, "What? Father of lies or whatever?" Yeah. You know? And Madros was like, "Hey, we should pretend to make a treaty with him." So it's like both sides are trying to do this sneaky like fake treaty thing. Um, but you know, so Morgoth at the same time is sending more orcs and Balrogs and yes, and yeah, and Madros. It, it, like everyone but Madros is killed, and he, now he's taken to Angband. And yeah, and and around this time, Fingolfin gets his his pack of the Noldor out of the Helcaraxi, and they finally make it to Middle Earth. And they like they're like, oh brothers, we found you. And then Fingolfin's like, oh, Feanor's dead, but I was close with my cousins. Yeah, and all right, nephews, nephews. Fingolfin is Feanor's brother. Yes. Yeah. Half so brother, it, be, it would so. be it would be nephews, mm-hmm. half nephews, half kind of thing. Half use. <laughs> anyway, he's like, oh, well, I was, I was close with Madros, and I respect what you've done, so I'm going to rescue Madros. So he, like, like breaks into Ogbond and, like, gets to the foot of the mountain. Well, actually, Fingon, is, who is Fingolfin's son, decides he's going to go That's rescue right. okay, Madros. Yes, because, because Fingolfin, they, you know, they, uh, they get to, this is kind of an important, or, you know, just, again, imagery of, but so they they cross the ice finally, and we're still under the moon. But when Fingolfin finally arrives at Mithrim, this is when the sun rises in the west. So Morgoth is like retreating in fear of the sun. Yes, that's right. And um, so they're attacking the gates, but Fingolfin is, of course, he's not Feanor, so he's like, no, we can't, we can't beat this. We can't go too crazy, guys. Let's so, just all be careful. So they pull back, but then Fingon is like, no, wait, we gotta, we gotta repair this like family feud going on because we still are holding grudges in yeah. the, between the, the brothers, you know, the houses of the brothers. So he's like, I'm going to go and rescue Madros. This is my, like, one of my favorite scenes of the whole book yeah. is, is just imagining this situation well, that happens. So it's, it's pretty it's, cool. It's funny that you bring this up because when I first read this when I was like 12 or whatever, this is around the time that I lost interest. Mm-hmm. So the image of, of Madros, like, hanging off the peak by one hand, like, that's... Th- the strongest image I retained from the summer early and from my youth. And that's also, you were just hanging by your wrist in the, in, in the counselor's like, office because I was yeah. a counselor's aide for fifth period and all I did was read the Silmarillion. But, but you were also, <laughs> but you were also hanging by your wrist just in the world of the Silmarillion because at that point, oh, there we go. you, you know, you're just, you're just hanging there and you're waiting for someone, uh, i.e. this podcast this to like, send <laughs> one of the eagles <laughs> to I, rescue you and bring you back to Mithrim. I feel like if we were a TV show and had a commercial it would just be a clip of you saying this. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Fingon gets there and he's like at the bottom. Never uh, fear, the eagles will come! No, was yes. it that he said he could... But the, the only come when it's like least convenient. Well... They're like the the, no, like no, the, the thing lo- is, they're the ride of last resort. The eagles are not your taxi service, okay? They are a noble. Not, but Fingon gets there and he can't reach him. Yeah, he yeah. gets all the way to the peak, but he's at the bottom of the peak. And then he makes mm-hmm. a prayer to Manway, and this is like right. I, I no, no, no. He, well, he, he was he, he plays music. Yeah, he, he oh yeah, that's right. He plays there, music first. Well, he's he's grieving because he can't find Madros, and so he starts to sing this old song from Valinor. And Madros can hear it from where he's hanging hey, by his wrist. Replies. And and so he, he replies back to him. And so hey, half cousin. now, yeah, hey, half-cousin, I hear you, and I'm going to sing back to you. And, well, there's it's, it's also kind of a beautiful section, because he's saying that, like, like the sound reaches these halls in which only, yeah. only like, oh, yeah, cries of right. pain yeah. have previously reached. Yeah. There was, like, this, like, almost, like, pulling back to the very beginning yeah. of exactly. the book. Yeah. Because remember, like, so Song is so important, and you and constantly you're hearing people like contacting each other through song, or you know, singing a song of the old days, and it brings like the light back in, right? So this is kind of that moment, and, and the song's up and everything, right? Yeah. yeah, you're like the the song is piercing through Morgoth's shadow like the sun, you know. Um, I'm just being so poetic right now. Well, this is like this this <laughs> is like very so, solid imagery. Yeah, that's happening right yeah, now. Yeah, totally. And Madros, it's kind of like heartbreaking. Madros is like, kill me, just shoot me, because yeah, there's no way you can reach no way me. You can reach me. Um, so yeah, so Fingon is like, he's about to do it, but yeah, he cries out to Manwe. 
And Manway's like, okay, I still have like a place in my heart for these guys. He still loves the elves. And the eagles, which live just north of here, I'm just going to send them. And so <laughs> yeah. the, the, he sends the, like, the king of the eagles, whose wingspan is 30 fathoms. Yeah. These are big eagles. 30 fathoms? Yes. 30 fathoms. So I think even the movie didn't didn't justify how big these Hold things on. were. No. I'm going to try and figure this out. The, yeah. Like, what kind exactly, of displacement that would be. Exactly what kind of wingspan are we talking about here at 30 fathoms? Like, are we talking pterodactyl? Well, okay, so like <laughs> a fathom is like roughly six feet. So that's a 180 foot yeah, wingspan. Yeah, 180 foot wingspan. Now I'm going to see if Wolfram Alpha can figure anything about like a plane with 180 Oh, man. Okay, I, I can already Im- Im- imagine this. Godzilla in the new movie was 300 feet tall. Right. So think about... The, so that's your wingspan. Half. Half of that yeah. is the wingspan of these eagles. For these eagles. So okay, maybe the movie did Or that's also, right. like, roughly the height of the Statue of Liberty from the... Like, just the statue, not including the pedestal. Not, not the... Yeah, not the pedestal. Seeing that thing flying over New York would be nuts. Mm-hmm. So he picks Fingon up and takes him to the top. And Fingon is like, oh... Like I can't actually undo this, this like blacksmithry because it's black yeah. blacksmithry, right? Black blacksmithry. Black blacksmithry. Thank you, Morgoth. So he slices off Maedros's right hand. Yeah, um, this this is my right hand. I was holding up my left. It was hand really descriptive too about exactly where he cut it too. That yeah, right was... yeah, at the wrist, um, above the wrist, and uh, the eagle flies them back to Mithrim. Um, so here, Maedros kind of heals himself, and I love this too. He's healed from his ancient world strength because again these pe- these these elves are like I mean elves are already superhuman but he, these are like super super elves. Yeah, I just imagined him being like like looking like now Majros just looks like Ron Swanson to me <laughs> and he's just like I willed it back to being healthy because I am, I am Ron Swanson. I am tough. I am Majros. <laughs> I am a little gullible, but. <laughs> I can heal things properly. <laughs> so there's another bit of casting for a Silverlein movie right. from us. Ron Swan- uh, yeah, uh, Nick Offerman as, as Madros. But Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson as Madros. Yeah, I mean, that's the logical conclusion. Okay. Um, so yeah, Madros kind of is, you know, he, he becomes stronger again and learns to wield a sword with his left hand, which I don't know if anyone has ever played with swords before, but I have. And you have a dominant hand, just like you do with writing or whatever else you do with your hands. Um, it's very, very difficult to okay. wield a sword with your left hand if you're a righty. But okay. Madros does it, and he does it better than he used to. So the Boeing 777 has a wingspan of 197 feet, which is a little bit longer. But mm-hmm. if you've ever ridden on a Boeing, Boeing 777, imagine an eagle that size. That size. A Boeing 777, like just... Those yeah, are the great that. eagles, and again, they are not your taxi. And if you're not an aviation nerd, those are the um, the the ones with the single aisle and three seats on each side, which run yeah. medium-sized routes like Washington to Rome. Yeah. Now, it was also the first aircraft designed through CAD. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's actually really deeply interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It, like it was the first time, it was designed, I think, in the mid-90s. It was the first time that they could, like, engineers in different locations could, like, work on a design together because they could just share cat files but that's that really cool. entirely unrelated to what we're doing here so uh, but, but at the same time that's you know if it, you can imagine yeah, I, just seeing now I'm trying to f- man that must have been a really big space it is it mm-hmm. is middle earth and everything is big mm-hmm. so I guess it was a pretty big space that they're into now, now at this point it you feels could, like you could fit many many men I was slightly, conf- these. I was slightly confused here it many seems like men. for the most part the elves are like because I feel like they like Tolkien kind of just like ran past this and just kind of let it go by, which was the, um, what am I getting at? The Noldor basically just backed off. Mm-hmm. Now, do they just understand that Morgoth is just scared from the sunlight and is just hiding away, so it's like, why even bother? Well, I mean, they kind of successfully pushed him into Angband, and then yeah. they were, they, he was under siege for 400 years. And, which also, remember... I'm tired, guys. Remember, too, that, like, Feanor wasn't really aware of the depth of Angband too, which was another reason why again, his kind of hubris uh, pushed him to the point of his death, that, you know, he wasn't really taking into account actually the strength that his enemy had built up. Um, Okay. (laughs) That is is Angband. We just saw, like, a Pac-Man 
I looked up Ongban uh, <laughs> earlier in this week, and I found these like files for like a guy who's trying to make like a video game that takes place there it on takes, his own. Okay, <laughs> and he's got all these like renderings of Ongban that are actually kind of kind of crazy. Very looking. interesting video game map. <laughs> I, I will say, like as an architecture historian, I find it really interesting the way that like people try and construct kind of nefariousness through architecture and mm-hmm. Tolkien renderings. But that's as an aside. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, but 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 they back off. They're like, whatever, yeah. leave them in there to rot or something. Yeah. So you know, we've now we've gotten this kind of reunited, um, uh, uh, like happiness among the houses of the Noldor um, because Fingon rescued Madros. Um, so now they they're gonna go and explore Beleriand because again they're still trying to find like really their own kingdom. Yeah. Um. So who did they come across but King Thingol? Uh, and he is not entirely a hundred percent happy with all of these princes coming into his yeah. into his I mean, land. As you can imagine, <laughs> we're just kind of coming through to find our own land. We're gonna start, you know, the the Double N Ranch or whatever. Right. <laughs> well, what was the name of his place? The Something Circle or the Encircled or the Ring of? Well, so oh yeah, it, that was. Some word uses just confusing the hell out of me. Remember that this, uh, so he had built um, that thousand caves. Um, yeah, I can't remember the name of that either. It's uh, been several weeks since we talked about Thingol. It, it, uh, but the but the big the gigantic underground fortress yeah. mansion yeah. thing. Yeah, not really fortress, but more kingdom. Menegroth. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the thousand caves. But you know, he also had this this. He's. They ha- still have this enchantment that Melian had created yeah, over their land to kind of like push away enemies. What was the name of the enchantment? That's what I can't remember. Um, I can't. I can't remember. Okay. Either, but. Is it the girdle or at home? Yes, it is. Girdle. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I did well, write it down. I, I wrote it down. Such a funny word to use. Yeah, it was girdle. Well, think about it. It's like. <laughs> A girdle around their little kingdom. I think you're creating unrealistic expectations of bodies for <laughs> other kingdoms in Middle Earth. Unrealistic expectations of of of, of kingdoms in Beleriand. <laughs> Thank you, Melian. Um, so, yeah, Thingol is still kind of n- doesn't believe that Morgoth it's is going to stay. Yeah, like you know. That Morgoth's like not going to keep attacking them. I feel like someone's going. You know, I mean, we can't sun, put anything uh, past this guy. <laughs> I mean, the sun's going to keep him away for so long, and then the moon's going to come out, and then they're going to move slow. I mean, yeah, it it's I mean, again, this is also stuff happening over like four hundred years. So, right, the men are alive, and generations of men have already. Been, man, it's weird. Yeah, you have, you, have, you have to kind yeah. of put all this stuff in a timeline because, um, you know, the, this is this is how it works. We get kind of like the grand time scheme, and then we go back, and you know, while we while all of these things, we needed to set up, you know, the the process of the sun and the moon and all that. But while this was happening, the other things were happening simultaneously. All, all the like, princes are basically yeah. settling their own lands. Yeah, one ended up under uh, which one? Finrod ended up. Like under, I don't know. This is one part that was really fuzzy for me, even mm-hmm. when I was reading it. Uh, so one of the, like, so the princes basically just went all over the place. They, well, one went one place, one went the other place. One, th- went yeah. This is kind of when this section of the book transitions back into that boring geography. <laughs> well, the all of the houses of the Noldor are wanting to again stake a land for themselves, but they're having to you know go enter into council with Thingol, and um, again Thingol is not wa- willing to open his land to. Ed, just anybody. Only the people he's tertiarily related to. <laughs> Only the people that he's... Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's true. Um, and uh, so they come and send messengers. They speak with the king, and uh, he says, well, you can live in places that aren't currently being occupied. I feel um, like there's a lot of but, this area. You, yeah. can, you can displace the... The, the native Middle Earthicans because they, <laughs> they are not real people and you must manifest your destiny. Middle Earthicans! <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know why I found that so funny. I'm cha- because I'm channeling Richard Nixon in Futurama. Yeah. But he's saying, you know, basically, I'm not going to displace my people to give you land. Like, um, you're going to have to settle your own land. You're going to have to go south where there's like. 
weird sheriff. Well, actually, the, I mean, the, the hobbits aren't around yet, I guess. So we'll, we'll get into the hobbits later, I bet. Yeah. So, you know, some people are angered by this. Madros is, again, like the cool-headed guy, and that's why we like him. And he's like, well, I mean, you know, Thingol's king, and he's kind of just doing what a king would do. And, um, he, and he goes north. Right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, well, <laughs> he, they, he 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 just goes north and settles up there. They go east. Um, Wait. Wh- wh- Madros. Madros goes east. Yeah. Oh, I wrote down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny because in, in dwarven maps, east is at top. Is yeah. Mm-hmm. But I yes. So and I, at the same time, remember that like Madros and his brothers are still bound by this oath too. So he's like Madros is constantly torn between his like cool headedness, which is completely different from Fanor. Um, but at the same time, like, he made this oath to, like, you know, fight their enemies. So he's, like, got this constant, like, two poles pulling him different ways. But he decides he's going to go and chill. Um, good, because he lost his hand. And exactly. he's done. <laughs> well, although he learned to wield his sword with his left hand and became, oh, like, true, even better right, yeah. than, he, than when he had his right hand. I mean, he was just bored. <laughs> yeah. What he do? He had a lot of time to just practice, so he became super awesome. Um, and then there there was another feast, another great. Yeah, feast. this is a point where there was a lot of feasts. <laughs> it just kept happening. Like they would have a feast. Wait, am I getting this mixed up? With the early chapters where they well, would have I a feast like, and then they would. The they... Valar had this feast, and they and like a couple chapters ago, the Valar held a feast and uh, were celebrating. Uh, everything and had had the elves. No, there. no, 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 no. That, but, was it where we were like King Thing th- yeah, yeah. th- had a feast Thingol and then like as well. there you go. Like it almost felt like like we're gonna come together. We're gonna talk about what's going on. Then we're gonna leave mm-hmm. and then like billions of years later, no, like, hundreds <laughs> of years later, pass and they come back. And like all right, what's everyone think now? We're all cool. And then back up and it felt like it was that over and over again. Well, it's like you know this is yeah. Get all the people together to talk about what we're gonna do and devise a plan uh yeah so this this is a great feast that people always think about later because it was a happy time um you know people take more oaths of friendship mm-hmm. and yeah and and leadership and all that and so then like, more years pass and the, this is like a, this is a history lesson almost yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i remember there was some stuff that came up with galadriel yes uh, we're almost to that point, actually, yeah. Um, there was... So, there a couple more years pass, and again, this is kind of all a peaceful time, because uh, uh, Morgoth is kind of hiding away from the sun What right is now. the sun thing? Yeah, because yeah. he hates the sun. Um, so, Turgon, who is Fingolfin's son, one of Fingolfin's son, um, goes to find Finrod. And so they kind of go... Uh, go south. Um, they were... They were... They wanted to leave because they were... They were, like, bored. In this time, I could believe that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about it. They've you know they've fought battles and whatnot, and we're and in this like stopped happy time of stopped. feasting and everything. And they're like, well, let's let's go wander around a bit. <laughs> um, so they're sleeping by the river, and then Ulmo sends them these dreams that kind of make them nervous. And they wake up and they remember this, but each of them thinks that Olmo had only contacted him. Oh, I remember this now. Yeah. So now there, there's you know more unrest and and like conflict that's brewing between people, and they have this again this sense of impending doom. I feel like we always like we can't have too much peace before somebody has a sense of impending doom. Yeah, and and it, and I mean that's also kind of true of yeah. Well, it'd be funny if it was, like, further reaching, like, doom. It was like, there's going to be this doom a that makes a ring. catastrophe in several thousand years, and people aren't going to believe it. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just the plot of uh, Return of the Jedi. Return the <laughs> 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 work in the same universe, right? <laughs> Almost as bad. They just have this sense of impending doom that Morgoth is going to just Which is understandable. And, yeah. It's yeah. happened before. Yeah. I mean, uh, so now, you know, they, they have this sort of seed of doubt implanted in their brains. And so, yeah, now we have so, some discussion about Galadriel. So Finrod and Galadriel um, wanted to... Were, they were they were living uh, at, at Menegroth as guests of, of King Thingol. 
and Finrod was like, oh my god, this place is amazing, I want to build one of my own. I'm looking at a map. The dwarves <laughs> help him, and and uh, eventually he has his own sort of mansion built. And around this point was like where Galadriel decided she was going to stay. Yes. She was going to stick around. So, yeah, so they're, they had been in Doriath, um, you know, as guests of King Thingol. And so Finrod builds there this place, and he's like, oh, Galadriel, you can come live with me. But Galadriel doesn't want to leave, because who lived at Doriath? Celeborn? Celeborn. Ke- oh, yeah, Celeborn. Yeah, Celeborn. We know that name. Who is, yes, who's one of Thingol's relatives, and will be Galadriel's future husband. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Galadriel stays there. I'm going to chime in as the person who doesn't know anything about anything. <laughs> is he in The Lord of the Rings? Is he on display in the movie? I've not read the book. So is he on display in the movies? Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's the dude. He, that... He's the tall, pale, white guy with white okay. hair standing next so to this her. This is someone else we you know. You mean the, the description of many, many, yeah. many elves? Yeah. <laughs> no, just, just Google Galadriel, Fellowship of the Ring, and he'll probably be into the I think you, could, you could Google Caliborn. I've got it now. I just oh, remember when they man. first get to, they get out of the Misty Mountains, mm-hmm. and yeah. they're, out, they're in the woods. Wait, and they wait, go. Well, it was, who was the, the elf who saves them from the wraiths in Fellowship? Who they replaced with Arwen in the movie? Um, oh my god. I can't answer this question at all. <laughs> because his name is just similar to Celeborn, but it's just because he's an no, elf. No, it's, um... I think it is. I'm entirely wrong. That's gonna bother me. See, this was on. reminding me of another name I shouldn't say now because it will cause bad things to happen. It's like getting too far ahead. That I, it's it's da- dangerous knowledge that I know who this character is. Uh, um, it starts with a G. I, I seriously, it's gonna bother me. If I don't <laughs> um, it's uh, um, Glorfindel. Glorfindel. Oh, okay. No, no, no. that sounds nothing like Caliborn. I don't know what I was. Thinking. What were you thinking? I, I just thought it sounded like Caliborn. It clearly does not. Nope. <laughs> nope. I mean, Glor, I guess, kind of sounds like Boar, but. Um, Sorry for de- derailing that entirely by going several thousand years into the future. Um, okay, hold on. Where were we? So Galadriel and Caliborn eventually leave together. They do yeah, eventually so leave, so they, they head off because... Yeah, I'm, because, well, Galadriel, uh, her kind of realm is uh, Lothlorien. When I was remember, reading so. this, I was still thinking that we were actually in... Okay, this this is where the start of me figuring out my geography problem with this book finally fixed itself is I have been thinking this entire time we were in an area that would be Middle Earth in Lord of the Rings but but so far in the past that it looks geographically nothing like Middle Earth what it is and, yeah no future. Middle Earth and Lord of the Rings is like like 20% of the size of Middle Earth as we're talking about now yeah. like it's actually yeah. a rather small section of the continent and you'll hear names too like um uh You'll hear uh, Minas Tirith. It's different. It's not the city Minas Tirith that you'll see in Lord of the Rings. So yeah, that was really confusing yeah. me. Well, um, that's just because of like the naming scheme. It's like yeah, this is around the point when when, when Morgoth decided he was gonna yeah. So <laughs> Morgoth, you know, all of this stuff is is happening, and the elves are out exploring and finding their lands, and yeah, Morgoth kind of realizes that his enemies are out and about. It's not even like uh like a full blown blood. Full, sorry, full blown battle. Yeah, it, it almost seems like I'm gonna keep them on their toes. See how they're how they're like. Oh, you jokester Morgoth, <laughs> you almost got us. That that's darn Morgoth. That yeah, darn Morgoth just causing trouble. Like. But yeah, he's like he he he's like oh they're all spread out. I bet I could take them now. Um, so yeah, that's he he makes uh, okay. <laughs> he makes earthquakes and sends more orcs and. Uh, you know the elves fight again, and this is the third great. So wait, battle are you, are you saying he sends orcs and quakes? Because that sounds like a murder atwood book. Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> that is one. I'm thinking of like Quaker oats. I was just teasing Chase because I'm the one who get that because it's one of my favorite books. <laughs> um, so this is yeah. This was called the 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 name of this battle is also one that I like Dagor Aglareb, the glorious battle. Da- d- okay. Dagor, mm-hmm. Agor. Oh yeah, Aglareb, I should have sh- let you pronounce that. <laughs> Dagor, Agor. Oh gosh. Aglabred. 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 <laughs> All right. It's, it's like, cool word. It sounds like like a death metal band. It. 
It probably is. Yeah, a lot of these names are very metal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would explain Christopher Lee. Um, so yeah, the you know the again the elves win, but still, this is like like we we, we gotta we gotta be constant constant vigilance, as yes. Professor Matt I hung- would say, because Morgoth is constantly trying to th- you know find his little victories. And they stayed brown on for yes. four hundred years. This is kind yeah. of where the the elves turn into the Israelis, always trying to oppress the Palestinians because they moved into their land. Sorry, mm-hmm. they're not wrong. That's not it's, too far off. Well, except in this narrative, we should not like feel sorrow for Melkor. No. I went to I went to I went to referencing in a fantasy not like book another fantasy book. I was thinking of Game of Thrones with the weird people in the top north who watch the wall. I'm sorry. Most pref- I, 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 I don't like those books, but I did read the first one, so I know kind of what's going on. My knowledge of Game of, of, Game of Thrones is like the in, the occasional Facebook spoiler with like 30 outraged comments following it, yeah. and the episode that Bob's Burgers did last weekend. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I have my cat dragons. Okay, Bob Door. So after oh, this, this, this part. Okay, I do remember this part. This is yeah. my favorite parts of the whole book. So we're in this kind of four hundred year siege of Angband right now, and it's kind of a stalemate. Like neither side can really destroy the other. There's 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 never a complete peace at this time. But like, and then and then Morgoth summons a dragon and rolls a d twenty to make sure he can, <laughs> he can properly hit that. He rolls he rolls a fifteen, which is good enough to get the dragon out. And exactly, about. but at the same time, Morgoth was mad because he 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 you know the dragon was like a baby dragon and not quite ready to be a fearsome beast of destruction Again, and fire. A and fifteen, was not quite there. <laughs> um, yeah, so Glaurung, uh, the the first of the dragons of the north. See, my um, image of it, since it's like the way you described it, is like this big fiery dragon coming out, and it's like, Burr! but then it like zooms out, and you realize yeah, it's not actually it's like, it's like baby Norbert. I'm making a lot of Harry Potter you are. references tonight. It's, it's, it's easy to do that. <laughs> it is. Um, so yeah, so he's still a baby dragon, and the elves could easily defeat him. They step on him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I'm just like imagining a 400 year siege. Like, like, did they like rotate shifts in and out? Had to. Are you like oh, an, you're yeah. an elf, so you're like, okay, ten years on the front, then ten years at home. Like, I don't know. I get. I, <laughs> well, time doesn't really have much of a exactly. meaning to they, them, so they do. Yeah, so. they, they they take it in shifts. I'm just like imagining what the like the the center version of it's all quiet on the Western mm-hmm. Front would be now. Oh, my brain died on me. Uh, <laughs> who was it who defeated the dragon again? Uh, so the so the elves were. The, just, I mean, people are terrified of it because they're like, "What is that?" Thing? Yeah. Percy Weasley. So, well, everybody, everybody <laughs> kind That's of. That's not even right. It was Charlie. Everybody kind of okay. um, credits this win to Finrod. Yes. Um, and you know, the Noldor are kind of you know happy again that they've managed to defeat yet another. Evil sent forth Weird by Morgoth. Thing. Yeah, like no, no matter what Morgoth throws at us, we can we can take him. Um, and so now you know, the, now we have a time of prosperity, and the people, the 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 Noldor and Sindar, kind of like become one. Um, yeah. Even There's though peace and whatever, yeah. and and the Noldor speak Sindarin rather than the Sindar right. speaking Quenya, right? Um, and yeah. it is like, generally acknowledged that the Noldor are smarter and stronger. Well, that, yeah. that, seemed, that would seem weird to me. But that the Sindars are prettier and better with music. Yeah. So by that, they kind of complement each other and can make one nice, big, happy, peaceful elf weird family. family. <laughs> we've, got the, we've got the nerd jocks and the choir and, kids. And the, and the choir kids. It, it, this, is, <laughs> this just brings up my theory again that, that Middle-earth is just a, it's just a, a high school. school. It's yeah. A high- <laughs> You break down Prin- the principal this, Morgoth. It's all a high school. Uh, no, vice Prin- president, uh, vice principal, principal Manway, assistant principal, secondary principal. What is it called again? And vice then principal? Vice superintendent Iluvatar. Yeah. So you <laughs> no, I feel like yeah. I feel like the uh, the Valar would be the school board. The school board, yeah, and the and the superintendent because well, Morgoth would just be one of them, and so he'd just be like a weird, like weird, he, the weird odd he, man. He'd out. He'd be the one thing. constantly trying to like. N- not give the kids healthy lunch foods. Katie and I went to high school together, and we went to a fairly liberal high school, but with 
like occasionally conservative administrators, and we were the kind of high school where kids would go to student ca- or would go to yeah. council meetings and like speak out against what that was happening and be and like, uh, "You guys, this is this is not cool stuff that's happening." It, right I mean, now. it made it easier that the the school board met across the street from the high school, mm-hmm. but I digress once more. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what's across the street from that like a parking lot. <laughs> Yeah, there was a building that yeah, was, oh, there the was a building. Yeah, it's no longer yeah, there since they've Yeah. Now now this moves on to chapter fourteen. Right. And my only note is this just says the geography of this area. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. What yeah, what we take away from chapter fourteen, which honestly like it, it it's not going to benefit us to really talk through it, but what we take away from chapter fourteen is um, this tells us where the Noldor kind of spread out into in Beleriand. Yes. Um, and it shows you, like, which tribes go where, and, you know, again, that's related to, you know, who wants to live closer to water and who wants to live closer to forests. And um, then, you know, again, the elves further split into, like, different kind of tribes and develop their own sort of characteristics, like what clo- colors they wear and... What yeah. kind of crafts they do, and what kind of songs they sing, and whatnot. So, and, oh, and on this note, just the map that Chase has up it this is, is an awesome map. Well, and I think it's really illuminating because if you look at Beleriand, it's like north of the Shire. Mm-hmm. But if the only impression you had of Middle Earth geography was like from the Fellowship or from the, the movies, mm-hmm. like all all they show it really is like the Shire through to through to Mordor, and yeah. so you get the impression that the Shire is the, like the northeasternmost part of Middle Earth, when really it's it kind isn't. of in the middle. Actually, yeah. actually, kind of the Virginia of Middle Earth. <laughs> I, I did a deep, deep, deep search, which meant I checked on Google about five <laughs> times before I found something that felt right, which was I searched map of Middle Earth, mm-hmm. and I got like so annoyed because it was just that. It was just yeah. like the little bit of like here's Mordor, here's uh, Rohan, here's Gondor, so on and so forth. Wait, I got those mixed up. But but I was like, no, give me a proper like world map of these two landmasses. And I finally realized what I have been thinking we have been reading this entire time was separated by water. Or I thought it was like, I was totally so confused. I thought that where this book was taking place so far was in the same area, just so far in the past that the geography was different. And so like seeing a map, like I have this proper map now that shows mm-hmm. that everything we've been describing... Um, Doriath and Anbon are just north of all of the so, events of yeah. The Hobbit and North of the So, yes. like, to put that in context, imagine that um, Valinor is Asia and North America is Middle-Earth and the Helcaraxi is the the Bering Strait, which was frozen over. Mm-hmm. And so, we have now reached Oregon. <laughs> yeah, you're right, yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the Shire is in, like, the Bay Area. Yeah. It's um, weird. Which is why hobbits love to smoke pipe weed. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, it was, this, this, this was slightly enlightening to me. Now I finally mm-hmm. have a bearing on where things actually are taking place and yeah. what is going on. Because it was really confusing, especially the Minas Tirith line. Like the Minas Tirith stuff was. Yeah, like, you I, that and you're really like, wait, I remember that. But yeah, Minas Tirith here is like not the great city that we'll talk about once we get to Lord of the Rings and talking about Gondor and all that fun But stuff. it makes me, like, wonder... Because I'm not... I mean, we don't... I don't know quite what's going to happen further in this book. But... So Ambon is still a place yep. in northern Middle-earth. So is Morgoth just still up there at some... I mean, I'm, I, don't answer this. Like, so, don't give me an answer. <laughs> Minas Tirith literally just means Tower of Watch. Yeah. So. Which was, yeah, the original Minas Tirith was just a great tower. Okay. Um... Well, and the secondary Minas Tirith was just built to watch over yeah. uh, Askiliath, but then later they retreated and it became the de facto capital. Yeah. Um, it's fun. So it's funny how things evolve like that. Um, so yeah, this um, this chapter, like, this is showing, like, Tolkien as world builder in a way that, I mean, this really showcases his absolute attention to detail, because... Yeah. He's giving us, and again, like I will say, you need a map to look at. So when you're reading this stuff, you can go like, what? Um, it, it, it helps you figure it all out. But uh, just all of that, like, he talks about where elves settle and how, you know, differences come uh, out of these, like, you know, where where they settle kind of influences the way that their culture evolves. Um, did they? Did he draw these maps? by the way, that are in the yes. book that yeah. you're looking yes. at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tolkien, there are a lot of original drawings done by Tolkien uh, for several of the books, and they're really great. 
I don't know. Do you guys want to dig too deep into that geography stuff? I, I mean, don't it's, think there's much to it. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the, really. We we could say you know that uh, you know Fingon settles here and or you could fin, just, Finrod settles yeah. here. Um, <laughs> what is important? It'll what? Yeah, what's important to take away from this again is that Tolkien purposefully yes puts them in certain places and gives them certain allies. I feel like so far the way this book has been working is like we'll have a chapter that's like story mm-hmm. and then yeah. a chapter that's foreshadowing. Actually yeah. from this chapter I get the distinct impression that Tolkien has studied archaeology. Oh yeah. Oh, just yeah. because yeah. like 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 forty to fifty percent of archaeology is just like the peopling of regions. Mm-hmm. There is tons of archaeology in Tolkien. As your mom could Yep. Well, we should have your mom on. We should actually, uh, I, I, yeah, I would love to have her on. Um, That'd be a great, she, like, side episode for us. Like, it's, well, like, special. Yeah. We're, we're, we have a person who is, like, a like a big-time... Big-time Tolkien scholar. And she, I mean, I, I say big-time Tolkien scholar, and she, she would say, no, I'm not, but she really is. Um, she's done she, talks, hasn't she? Well, she, yeah. she, she, she's submitted papers to conferences and stuff, and actually she, she uh, did do a really great paper on uh, ar- archaeology and Tolkien, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and this is this is absolutely an example of that. Um, Mountains so, yeah. of terror. Okay, Mountains what was favorite thing? What was everyone's favorite thing from this? Yeah, favorite thing. I think my my favorite part from uh, from these two chapters was the whole like uh, the song that Fingon sang to. Uh, to to like he was he's, he's like in his moment of despair and he sings this song that kind of gives you happiness in moments yeah. of despair that's you know hearkening back to the days of Valinor and Madros' response to him and just that whole imagery of that scene um, that like honestly I'm thinking of like sun sunlight sun rays piercing through like <laughs> yeah that's the, my the darkness of Morgoth my so. image of it as well I yeah. mean it was I really like this ball of light yeah. <laughs> That was definitely my favorite part. Mine, I guess just because it stuck with me for like a decade and a half at least, it's just the image of Madros and this kind of Promethean struggle. Yeah. Um, Other than that, though, I just love that like Tolkien is like, oh, because the elves had been separated for so long, their language is so different, quite like dramatically, Mm -hmm. like just how linguistic he was being. And there's like, and the Noldor chose to speak Sundaran. Because that's like kind of like he touches upon the divergence of language in this very brief manner. And it's just very kind of. I don't know, knowing in the way that he does it. Yeah. I like the image of that dragon just kind of coming out and everyone was freaked out and then they just kind of killed it. And then it was, or yeah. I don't know how he killed it, but just... Sent him back with his tail between his legs. <laughs> I got Chihuahua. <laughs> and Morgoth was like, you were not supposed to come out yet. Imagine <laughs> like a gigantic Chihuahua with bat wings that's like kind of just looking terrified and not... Being satisfied with and, any of this. In Beverly Hills Chihuahua 4, we now know the antagonist. That was Glaurung. <laughs> Galrong? Glaurung. Glaurung. Like Glaurung. Summer Glau was wrong to act in Firefly. <laughs> <laughs> no, she wasn't. <laughs> she was awesome. <sighs> Alright, well, I'm John. We've kind of dumped on two fandoms at once. We dumped on the Firefly fandom. We dumped on Game of Thrones. <laughs> what are we going to do next time, guys? <laughs> One never knows. No. I mean, well, but, there's uh, there's Star Wars. There's just organized. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Talking Tolkien. Remember that Talking Tolkien is a part of the Warp Zone Network of podcasts. You can find more podcasts at warpzonenetwork.com or on iTunes. You can also check out our Patreon account at patreon.com/warpzonenetwork. You can also follow Talking Tolkien on Twitter at Talking Tolkien. It's just that simple. So thank you very much for listening, and remember to toast to the professor.